God, we petition you that your spirit would be upon us, that we would get the fullness of everything that you have for us, God, for every confirmation and rebuke, for every correction, for every stinking thinking would be covered for an attitude of gratitude, God, for everything that you want us to have, may we receive today. God, we are dependent upon you, God, not me. I have nothing good to add to this conversation, God, but may it be your spirit that leads my thoughts and words so that as I'm explaining your scripture, it would only be what you have for us, God. We thank you and we love you. And we pray these things to the glory of our King, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we finished up last week by finishing up chapter 1 and then hitting a part of chapter 2. But we're going to go back over and see how chapter 2 also, the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, not only was it germane to last week, but it also bleeds into this week. Verse 1 of chapter 2, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Here's the, the introduction. Yes? Did I say James? Guys, you got to work with me. You got to work with me. Did everybody catch Peter, though? I am sorry, guys. Everybody there now? First Peter. First Peter. Yeah, we finished James like two weeks ago. So, okay. Use my excuse. I'm 56. Everybody's there now? Let's start that again. Chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. There's something that happens in the life of a born-again Christian. I've told the story many times where me and my wife, when we were about to get married, um, we were talking to her family's pastor, and the guy said, what, you know, what do you consider yourself? And my wife said, born again. And I looked at my wife, I said, my girlfriend at the time, I said, am I a born againer? Yeah. You're born again. I'm not Catholic anymore? No. <laughs> Remember at thinking that was such a, a strange thing because growing up I had heard of the stigma. We, we seem to put our, it's so crazy, our, our brain files everything that we hear and see. Uh, so much of it is based upon Hollywood. It's based upon the music we listen to. It's like, it's like the preconceived notions are all, should, that should have been filtered out aren't, but they're stuck there. And I was like, I remember being a little weirded out. I didn't know I was a born againer. I had already heard about these born-againers. I saw this movie one time that talked about born-againers, and they're all idiots. You guys understand what I'm saying? So understanding that when you are born again, when you become a Christian, 
you are fulfilling James chapter 3 where it says, in order for somebody to enter into the kingdom of God, they must be born again. So the word born again isn't necessarily, shouldn't be a stigmatized thing. What's up, Boogie Woogie? It should be something that we embrace as, oh man, how do you put it? Embrace is a, a scripture verse that says, of course, but if you're born again, then obviously it must stand to reason that what happens after you're born again is being grown all over again. I don't understand what you mean, you might say. Look, I got born again when I was in my mid-20s. I had to literally start growing all over again. All of these things that I had thought, all these things that I believed, all the street that was told me a way to treat people and a way to behave and a way to protect yourself and everything had to be retaught. You guys understand that? When you get born again, when you become a Christian, or look at the end of verse um, three, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Has anybody tasted the grace of God? If you have tasted the grace of God, if you have wrapped your head around the fact that God has forgiven you of your sins, if you are now receiving the goodness of God's grace, you are born again, and now it's time to grow up. Now it's time to grow up. And that in the church is what they call sanctification. Sanctification. Now, it's a very easy way to tell those that are being renewed day by day, those that are being sanctified, those that are growing up in the Lord from those that aren't, because they think that church is just another place that they go to. It's just another thing we do. Are you being trained up in the behavioral patterns of those that go to your church or are you being raised up in the Lord? Are you reading the Bible and are you changing? Like I know some people, they come to church and they see how to treat their kids. They see how to treat their wife. They see how to act toward their husband. They see how they're supposed to behave and work. They hear these things not realizing, listen, I don't want you to change to do those things so you could change and have a better life. Most important in all of that stuff is letting God have done that change, letting God have done that change starting on the inside. Because if you're not born again, and you're the best husband in the world, the most amazing worker, the richest guy on the block, whatever, 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 you're just going to be all those things in hell. Do you understand that? Good people don't go to heaven. Born again Christians go to heaven. Got that? Why am I belaboring that? Because here he says, as a babe... Desire the pure milk of the word. The milk. We keep the, the old saying in, in our church used to be, um, we keep the, 
crud. How did that saying go? With the essentials, we will have unity. With the non-essentials, we'll have liberty. But in everything, we'll have charity. There are essentials to understanding what it is to become a Christian. There are certain beliefs that you possess in your heart that make you born again. And these are the things that change your mindset. But the beginning is on the inside. Like right now, some of you guys are like, oh, dude, man, get to the point. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's okay. Some days, it's a little bit of broccoli. Some days, it's a big old hunk of grizzled steak. Oh, some days I like throwing out some ice cream. You guys all like that? Oh, I like that. Let's... But some days, you're going to have to think. Some days, you're going to have to come here. It's going to be kind of like a collegiate type of school thing. These things are all food to digest in your heart so that you are not changed so that you look like me or Marty or Dean or Austin or Drew or Brian. No! You have to look like you on Christ. Don't matter whether you're playing worship up there it don't matter what you're serving. If the work hasn't been done in the heart, you ain't fooling anybody but yourself. If you got to check yourself at all times, man, am I really doing this thing? Am I in this thing? Am I, am I getting this? Did I get this message? Because some of us have spent our, our lives so social. Like, the crazy thing is when you go to a gym, gym rats and church rats are pretty much the same thing. The same way people look at gym is the same way people look at church. They go from one gym to another gym to another. I don't like that guy. I didn't like that person. That person said this. I didn't go there. I, don't go there. I used to go there. I don't go there anymore. It's, a, it's the craziest thing. It's a really funny story. I've, I've told it a thousand times, so why not tell it again? There's a guy who gets stranded on a deserted island. And he's there for like 10 years, and he finally gets rescued. And when they rescue him, they see these three huts on the island. And, he says, and they say to him, what's that hut? And he goes, oh... When I got here, I needed a shelter from the storm, from the, from the animals, so I built a hut. He goes, what's that second hut? He goes, oh, man, I needed a place to worship that, to get away where it was just me and God, and, and so I made myself a church. He goes, man, that's all right. What's that third hut? He goes, that's the church I used to go to. You do the same thing. What's that gym? That, that's a gym I needed to work out. What's that? That's that gym I used to go to. Same situation. The Bible says that Paul, the apostle, did not cease to give the whole counsel of God in the book of Acts. He said, if I was going to be a pastor, in Calvary Chapel we have this thing, it's not a denomination, although some call it that. Calvary Chapel was always intended by Chuck Smith, the founder, to be a movement. And the movement of Calvary Chapel, Chuck Smith said, you teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. And when you finish, you start over again. We signed a paper that said that's what we were going to do. Back in the old days, there used to be things called CCOF, Calvary Chapel... Something, something. Now, the, the, the 
the denomination, I call it that now, has since split. And one has become a denomination called CGN, Calvary Global Network, and then there's CCA, which is Calvary Chapel Association. We, as a church, are a part of Calvary Chapel Association. Some of the other churches in our area are not so. You might have heard that we're the Calvary Chapel. That's not really a Calvary Chapel. That's not true. We're the Calvary Chapel. That's actually a Calvary Chapel. We are the Calvary Chapel that still follows the mandates of Chuck Smith. We're a Calvary Chapel whose pastor still remembers what he signed on for. Thus teaches the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, that you guys get the whole counsel of God and grow thereby. You understand that? You are the Calvary, you're part of a Calvary Chapel movement, not a network. Are you with me? Why is that important? It's been well said, you are always to be a student and never a scholar. I woke up this morning and I read chapter two of the book of Proverbs and I was like, why do I not know this stuff yet? 15 years reading the same, the same chapter and verse every single second day of the month. And I just read it and I'm just like, I don't know what any of this stuff means. And that's the way it's supposed to be. It, the Bible is shallow enough that a little kid can wade in it. But it's deep enough that no matter how scholarly you think you are, you're just never going to wrap your head around it. You guys understand that? I hope I'm making sense, and I'm going to be going in a direction you'll understand. So here's what he says, the Apostle Peter. If you've tasted that the Lord is gracious, desire the pure milk of the word. Don't just come here. Read the Bible yourself. And then here's the other thing you should do. Should do. Not gotta do. Should do. You ready? Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up sacrifice, I'm sorry, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Please again give me your attention. And here we're going to take a slight left turn, but it's really, really, really important. Very important. So many people in this day and age, especially in the time of COVID, say that very famous line, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Hear it all the time, especially when we as a church have never missed not one service. I said, if you want to stay home, you stay home, but we're going to have a service. For a, few for a few nights, we were out back there. I was like, okay, we'll stay out back. Nobody will get the COVID, and everybody won't get the COVID anyway. And I sat here, and I read to you all of the advanced things that were going on. I said, hey, guys, here's what we're looking toward. We're looking toward this thing called herd immunity, where you get around other people that have had it, that have recovered from it. You'll get some of their virus, but you'll also get some of their antibodies. Oh, that, you're, you're a conspiracy theorist. 
Where did you hear that? You gotta get the vaccine. I was like, easy on the vaccine. I don't know if I'd be rushing the vaccine unless you got some kind of real problem. I don't know, it seems a little rushed, especially if you already have it. Don't get it if you already have it. We, we put all, all these things together. But we didn't miss one service, not one. And I wasn't gonna. And remember what I said, if you guys remember two years ago, I said, look, I'd rather die than live in fear. I'm not going to live in fear. I'd rather get the woo flu and, and die than sit at home and, and shiver. Oh, oh, you get it. This guy had it. I, I heard about this guy, the guy, and that guy got it, and he died. And... In this day and age, when there's more excuses that abound for not going to church, the only thing that you have to remember is there is absolutely no, zero, none, not one example in Scripture of any Jew or born-again Christian, meaning Old or New Testament, that did not go to temple or church. Not one. Over and over again, it says, I went to the house of God in the throngs. Over and over again, I will plant myself in the house of the Lord. Do not forsake the gathering of the brethren as the manner of some. Yes, you, not this, is the church, but the church is made of stones that are sitting together. And we get together and we encourage each other and we lift each other up. And if you're not here and somebody's missing you, somebody who needed you is not getting you, and if you're not here, somebody you need is not here. Listen, you that are looking at home, every single week, the day after the service, I look on YouTube and there's 38 to 45 people that have watched this service. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're doing. Stop. Come to church. If you're in another state, go to find a church. Don't use this service as your church. Go to church. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you cannot grow to the fullness of God. You cannot grow into all that God wants you to be without going to church. It's the consistency. It's the daily grind. It's the getting up and getting the kids ready. It's the spiritual sacrifice. It's the physical sacrifice. It's the, it's the habit. It's the example. You got to go to church. Well, you didn't answer the question. If I don't go to church, does that mean I'm not a Christian? No. It means you're not a good Christian. Don't like that answer? You can't be. What about the people here that need you? Oh, well, we had a rough night, and we had a football game planned, and dude told me a couple of weeks ago he wasn't coming to church because he had to plant a bunch of trees in his front yard. I was like, I'm sorry to interrupt for an hour and a half your tree planting, but dude, this is what we do. We go to church. Now, for you guys that are just like coming here and like you're looking at me and I'm Pastor Ryan, look, 14 years, I was just another guy sitting in the pew. And if you ask my wife, we were at church three, four times a week. My kids were in church every single week. That's what we did. 
And I mean, no, no, I'm not trying to put anybody in here that's down you with little kids, but we got our kids as soon as we can into the classes so that they could learn at their level. And it was Jim Coy himself. I'll never forget. I, would, I was a young guy. I was, I, who knew if, if I was even born again? My kids were all just youngins, and, and I would drop them off in the thing, and I'd sit there, and I'd look at them through the windows, and I wouldn't mess with my kid. It's my kid, man. I'll make sure. You know, I don't, these other people leave their kids here, but that's my kid. And when Jim Coy walked over to me, put his hand on my shoulder, he said, he said, you all right, brother? I was like, man, it's my kids. He goes, kids will be fine, man. They got your number. They'll call you. Man, there's numbers. I was like, yeah, I'm just watch my kids. Look, man, Jim Coy was straight shooter with me. You know, he's like, you're never going to get the fullness of what God has for you if you're so concerned about your kids that you can't get in the church and, and receive what's going on. You got to sit here, here, right, drop, here, eat, drink. That's, boys are welcome in here. I don't, I don't have no, bring them in. But you're not going to get the fullness of what God has for you because you're going to be distracted. I'm telling you what the guy told me. You will never experience the fullness of the calling that God has in your life unless you go to church now. What has happened experientially also living stones, is when you don't go to church, you don't set yourself underneath somebody, and you don't set other people underneath you. So you become what they call in the church circles, an island unto yourself. An island unto yourself. And you do your thing, and you read your Bible, and you, listen, I share Christ with everybody I know. And those are the people that more than 75 to 80% of the time wind up falling into some kind of sin, some kind of sexual sin, some kind of financial sin, because there was nobody above them or beneath them. They, they didn't have to show a witness to somebody, nor did they have to be accountable to anybody. Another reason. I was 14 years in that pew until God called me. That's exactly where I was. And we went to church every single week. So I'm not trying to tell you anything that I haven't been through. This is what we do. Again, verse 4, coming to him as a living stone. Now here, um, the latter part of verse 4, he's, he's talking about Christ Jesus, but he's also talking about us. <coughs> coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Don't you know that? You are rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house. You are being built up. Do you understand that? And why is that important? Because again, when you get born again, and who knows when that is, when you cross that line from death to life, and there is a line of demarcation to where all of a sudden the belief of Christ being raised from the dead, the understanding in your heart that somehow triggers some spiritual spark and flame, now you're born again. You go from confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and something happens with that physical that spiritually you're now born again. 
And from that point on, you're not, you haven't arrived. Nobody arrives in Christianity. That's the world. In Christianity, that's when you start to grow. That's why, man, there was a guy in Miami. He, he was going to Fort Lauderdale. He got born again. He was born again for maybe three or four years. Started a home Bible study. It grew. All of a sudden, he had 75, 100 people. And all of a sudden, they made a church out of it. And I was like, yeah, I was there when that dude got saved, man. And it's good. But, man, it's awful quick to make that guy a pastor. Well, he's been six years. Yeah, that's awful quick to make that guy a pastor. And he planted a church, and it grew, man. 5,000. It was like a mini version of Fort Lauderdale. I said, yeah, but, you know, I like the guy. He's a good guy, but the Bible says that we shouldn't be quick to anoint. We should be slow to lay hands on, lest they fall into the same snare of the devil. Oh, Ryan, you're always a downer on people. No, no, I don't want to be a downer. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just mind my own business. And that guy left the Calvary Chapel movement, and he became a part of Elevation movement, and then he became a part of this movement, and then... Then he got hooked on drugs, and then they had to give his church to somebody else, and now he's not in ministry anymore. And, and I guess I should have spoke up more and not just said, oh, it's okay. I hate hearing those stories. I'm not telling you that, well, look, Ryan was right. I've been wrong more than I'm right, believe me when I tell you. But, man, when it so goes against what the Scripture says, go easy, man. You know, I know this guy... This is great. This guy was an associate pastor of Fort Lauderdale. And he felt, he sensed, he was spoken the Lord's calling upon his life to go to another state and start a country, to leave and to start a church, to leave the comfort, the payroll, the family environment, those that supported him, those that he supported, to leave and go start a church in another state. You know what this crazy son of a gun did? He fasted every week. I'm sorry. He fasted every month for a week for like nine months just to make sure it was the Lord. Is this God? Because I don't want to leave here without it. I remember him telling me, and I was like, dude, that's what we need in the body. That's what we need. People who are making sure. I respect. I knew. Beyond it, when he left... There was no doubt in my mind that God called him to go. No doubt. So whatever came his way after that, it was the Lord. You understand? I'm going to start a Bible study in my house, and you know a lot of people showed up, so let's make it a church. Yeah, I don't know. There's a difference between being popular and being anointed to go sent out by God. I don't know. Got crazy, crazy me. <sighs> Continuing, you're being built up a spiritual house. You see it? Now, real quick, because we've covered this, what is it to be built up and how do you be built up? When you get born again, every single day you're growing, little by little, just like your children, just like the little babies grow, little bit by little bit. How does that baby grow? What's the first thing you give the baby? Milk. milk. Mama's milk. Or powdered milk, whatever. <laughs> you pray. 
You read the Bible, you go to church, you worship, not, not Christian music, worship, and you share your faith. These are the things that help you grow. You want to be an MMA fighter. And the first thing we do when we get an MMA fighter is we give them a gi. Here's your gi. Got to learn some jujitsu because no matter how good a wrestler you are, you wind up getting choked out. They don't teach you that in wrestling. Then you got to be a wrestler because wrestlers got the biggest heart. Then you got to learn some boxing because if you know boxing, you get stand up, you're going to get diced and sliced. Right? Then you got to have some Muay Thai because you got to know what to do and them feet's coming your way. And then you got to have conditioning. Five things, like the cogs on a wheel, we tell them, well, I want to fight. Yeah, I know you do, but we don't want you to get taken down and choked out. We don't want you to get out punched. So do me a favor, spend a year, just one year. That's why it's, it's so important for a fighter not to jump into this thing soon. You never know. Their fighters are growing, man. You can be a fighter that's been fighting for seven, eight years, and say, oh, we'll just see what he's about. Growing? Still growing. You hear about a guy that's been fighting three or four years and he's already in the UFC, you're like, man, that guy's going to be really, really good. Either that or he got a bunch of cans, a bunch of tomato cans, they used to call them. Because you got to grow, man. Your wrestling's got to be as good as any college wrestler. Your jiu-jitsu's got to be at least purple brown belt level, at least. At least. Your boxing's got to be, man, at least semi-pro level. Your Muay Thai's got to be really... I mean, they have belts in Muay Thai, and I don't know how they work, but you got to be really efficient. And then the one thing that you can control, I remember John Jones, he said this. He says, the one thing that you can control as an MMA fighter, your conditioning. Nothing, everything else is out of your control. All that other stuff that you're learning, you, you know, you'll learn it, and you might grasp it, you might not. But the one thing that's in your control, conditioning. Be the best conditioned fighter that's out there. Now, why am I using this analogy? Because it's the same thing. I'm trying to explain to you, physically and spiritually, it's the same thing. If you're not spending time in the Word, if you're not spending time in prayer, if you're not going to church, if you're, not, if you're still listening to that same trash music you were before you got born again, if you're not telling anybody about the Lord, maybe you haven't tasted that the Lord is gracious. Maybe you need to go back on the milk. Well, what's the milk? The one thing that you can control. Go to church. It's the one thing you can do. You might not like to read. You might have bad comprehension. You might be distracted. You might have ADD and you can't spend time in prayer. You might be super shy and not be able to share your faith. There's one thing you can really control. Just go to church, man. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. <sighs> Can't argue with that. Continuing. Therefore, it is also contained. Did I read that part right? No, I didn't. Okay, so go back. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, verse 6, it is also contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone 
which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Here he, he quotes from um, the book of Psalms and the book of Isaiah, the apostle Peter. He says, if you believe these things, you'll receive them because they are what helps you grow. These are the milk of the word. This is how you wrap your head around this message. This is not a social committee. It's not a club. This is not a place to come and hang out. Pen in hand, heart and mind open. Listen to me. If you knew what I was like out there the rest of the week, and you only met me here in this church, you'd be tentative right now. Your ears would be perked up because you know how much the Spirit of God is upon me when I'm teaching the Word because you know how bad I am when the Spirit is not upon me. Now, I'm not ungodly and foul and filthy, but it ain't this. Right now, right now, God is doing some crazy things through me. He's allowing me to receive His Spirit so that I can give you His Word. I ain't like this all the time. Like, man, I'm seeing the evidence of God because I know that dude. What do you say? Might be something big for you here today, guys. Might be a word from the Lord coming through me. Figure that out. He says to you, though, that are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and that he is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. There's always some people, yeah, I could do the Christianity thing, but here's what I don't dig. And for today's study, I'm saying some people just can't get to church. You know, Saturday night's a big night for them. Sunday morning's a game. You know, There's always going to be a stone in your way. There's always... And usually the stone is the chief cornerstone. It's Christ Jesus, our Lord. He went to synagogue. He went to church. He went out of his way, even when they were going to kill him, to make sure he was there. Don't, there is no example you're going to find in Scripture for a reason not to go. It, it just doesn't exist, guys. The fleshly heart of some would say, well, of course you're going to say that. You just want to have people in your church. I don't care what church you go to. I've said this a thousand times, a hundred thousand times. I make no money based upon what goes in that box. I could care less what you do, where you go to church. Just go somewhere where the word of God is being preached, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, so that you can get it and you can grow and you can drink and eat the meals that God has for you, and you can become all that you can be in Christ because, and this is, here's the spiritual aspect. New Year's Eve, we were, me and my wife were in our house, surrounded by our children and our grandchildren, eating pigs in a blanket and meatballs that my daughter Cammie made and wings that my wife, and just, and let me tell you what, we partied all night long. Like, what, what time did you leave, honey? Like, I mean, we partied for at least 45 minutes. Yeah, 
I mean, they left. It, was, it had to be like a quarter to, quarter to 8 o'clock, I think. <laughs> I mean, when New, Year, when, when New Year's Eve told, I was in REM sleep. But we didn't miss a thing, man. There was no FOMA happening. We, me and Marv looked at each other, and, 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 and was, I think it was me and Drew. Drew Wagner gave me a hug, and he said to me, what a life we got. God has been so good to us. Uh, if you're f part of a family with all that drama, and you don't talk to this, one, man, what a, what a life God's given to us. When the maturity of the Lord is upon you, when you grow and you mature in the Lord, and, and you've let the milk get into your heart and the, and the meat change you, guys, he's going to give you this amazing life. He's going, to make you, he's going to make you at peace with your enemies. He's going to make you in love with your family. I'm telling you, not these things because I'm trying to build some church. I'm telling you, God's got a great plan for your life. And it's a plan that one day you're going to look and you're going to go. Here's how bad it gets. Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen this if you understand. When things are in your life, as good as they are, you're going to be like, someone's going to die or get cancer or something like that because things are way too good. This makes no sense whatsoever. Why is God this good to me? Something's going to happen really bad. Like, I know you see everything I do. I know you know I'm not a good... Something's going to happen. Anybody? Just, I couldn't believe it. It was so... So sweet. And then, um, finishing almost, they stumble being disobedient to the word to which they were also appointed. See, Christian, you're appointed to the word. Not to a church, not to a pastor. You're appointed to the word. Read it in the word. But you, I love it. Oh, guys, these next few verses are so sweet. Here, the, uh, the gruff, forward, kind of straightforward, straight shooting, kind of crass, if you know the scriptures really well. The guy that wrote this, for him to write these things, you want to talk about a changed life? He says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now obtained mercy. You see all those things? How amazing is that? I want you to be able to re receive this from God, not from me, not even from the Apostle Peter. Who has ever called you that? Chase, has anybody ever said that to you? You're a, beside your mother, you're a special people. You ever tell me you're a special people? Of course you did, because you're a good mommy. You're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. What? 
he must not know me. Or he must be talking about you all, not me. And that is the tendency that we have. Oh, he's talking about those other people in the church. He's talking to you. How good is that? You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not even a people, but now you're the people of God. My goodness. You had not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. Beloved, I beg you, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Last thing, and then we're done. He says, you know all these things now? You know about being born again. You know what it is. You know how to grow. You know what it is to grow. You've not arrived. You're going to grow into it. Here's the byproduct of that, man. Just say no to the stuff that you used to say yes to in the world, man. Stay away from all that stuff, man. It's going to war in your soul. If you're watching stuff you shouldn't be watching and you know it, you don't, you're, you're going to learn these cute buzzwords and catchphrases. You're going to hear this word as you grow in the Lord in the church called conviction. Man, I watched that movie and I was really convicted. What do you mean, convicted? I don't know, man. Like, like it used to not bother me, but now it like bothers me. Yes, that's called conviction. Sometimes you're going to, you're going to hear this other phrase. It's called check my spirit. You know, I was talking to this girl and it checked my spirit. Checked your spirit? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, check my spirit. All these things are the Lord knocking on your heart, saying to you, we don't do that anymore here. You used to do that, but now you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You, you don't do that no more. And then the conflict comes. Because when you first get born again, I, I heard it put this way, you first get born again, it was um, that guy from Chicago, I forget his name now because he fell away. McDonald. Huh? Where's his first name again? James. James McDonald. He said, when you first get born again, the calling of God, I love you! It's loud and it's clear and it's wonderful. And if you don't grow in the Lord, if you don't start reading and going to church and doing the things that it takes to grow, it gets lower. I love you. Yeah, but you know what? I don't need to go to church and Man, I don't want to. I don't want to live that. That ready? Here's here's another one. Remember that? Um, so bad. It's COVID. I'm gonna blame COVID. Been like this since COVID. Um, when uh, when you're forced to do something, they tell you, ah. <laughs> I'll um I'll remember it later. When you when people tell you what you have to do. And, and they put this legalist. I don't want to live that legalist lifestyle. I don't want to live that legalist lifestyle. But you know what you're supposed to do and what you're not. So you don't do it. And then all of a sudden the voice is, oh, oh, oh. but you keep doing it. 
because you don't want to live that legalist lifestyle. And all of a sudden, you don't hear it anymore at all. And at some point in time, after a few years, you're not even sure if you're born again anymore. You want to know, there's people that started, like, like we've been a church since 2006. We, it's more than 15 years now, guys. There's people that came here that got so on fire for God. They were serving God and we were living together and doing, we were men, we were just digging his life together. Then all of a sudden, they got a new job, they fell in love with this girl, this guy, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden, well, then they, well, you don't want to be uh, crazy about it, and then they stopped going to church for a couple weeks, and now it's once a month, and honestly, honestly, can I be honest? I don't even remember half their names. Me and Austin running people, hey, I was like, oh, I used to go to church, oh, good to see you. Me and Austin were like, you remember them? Don't even remember them. That's cr- you mean you spent like a couple of years in fellowship with somebody and you don't even remember their name? Don't even remember their name. I think that's on you, Ryan. No, it's not. I'm still here. I don't got to be. Your first step away from the church is your first step away from God. Know it. Know it. All right. Um, there is that time. You're going to have to stop watching them R-rated movies. You're going to have to maybe stop smoking and drinking. There is. You guys should abstain from fleshly lusts. Well, are you saying if I smoke pot, I can't be a Christian? Why is it that everything that people want to do, they ask in relation to that? Yeah, but you understand, man, I really like, uh, what it is is I drink a beer because it takes the edge off of a rough day. Then why are you asking me? Well, I just want to know. And then if I say, stop drinking beer, you're going to say, I don't have to be a Christian to stop drinking beer. Why are you asking me? You always ask me the same question. And the same question is, I say the same thing. How about this? How about see how far away from the line you can go instead of how close? Only a little nudity in that movie. It's the same thing that happens every time. Ready? That's what happens. No, it's not going to happen. Checks my spirit, man. Watch some. Checks my spirit. Watch some of these comedians, some that I love, and they use the GD. As soon as they don't do Man, love me some Dave Chappelle. But his last special, oh my goodness, he just cussed God so much. I had to turn it off three times. I just can't. Can't do it no more. I don't mind a little cussing and fussing once in a while. I don't mind. That's his business. But when it's just GD this and GD that, I can't, man. I just can't. Can't even enjoy it. It takes me like, it takes me like two minutes to recover. They say it so callously. Now, and this is the last thing. Close your Bible. There is that line of what you choose not to do and what God convicts your heart not to do. And it's not easy. But here, we're not dealing with one. We're dealing with the other. The Apostle Peter said, abstain from them fleshly lusts which war against your soul. And as you keep eating and drinking the spiritual food, 
God will make it easier for you to abstain the things that you can't say no to. Ryan, I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. But here's the thing. Those that, excuse me, are walking with the Lord seriously, they know exactly what I'm talking about. You that aren't have no idea what I'm talking about. But you will if you keep growing. Because there's that crazy line between legalism and being spiritually led. One side of it is, well, why shouldn't I do that? The other side is, man, I hate doing that. I can't handle it anymore. And everybody's is different. And everybody who's convicted by something else that another person's convicted on loves telling somebody else what they should and shouldn't do. Pastor Bob used to put it this way. My sin on you should be judged. Your sin on me should be forgiven. What is the first thing I said? When it comes to the essentials, we'll have unity. With the non-essentials, we'll have liberty. But in all things, we'll have charity, which is another word for love. Whew. Listen, I know that today was not an easy Bible study to digest. The Apostle Peter, um, he is, um, he's a little straight shooting for some, like even more so than James. However, next week, I'm going to warn you, we are going to look at when to disobey the government, when the government is telling you to do something, in light of all of the scriptures that say to obey governing authorities. There's three straight Bible, there's three straight Bible verses that say, obey God, render to Caesar, obey the authorities. And we are going to look very clearly and very cleanly. I've been studying this for a while, including detail on what this government has said, what it's done. At what point in time do you pick up arms? At what point in time do you defend? At what point in time do you say, no, I will not obey that law? We're going to look at that very, very distinctly next week. Please be prepared. Come on out and, and um, suit up. It's going to be big. Now, I do want you to do a little bit of homework for me. There's two podcasts I highly suggest that you watch. I told you guys one. I sent it out to the guys on my chain. There's a guy named Peter McCulloch. Peter McCulloch is a doctor. He was on the Joe Rogan podcast a couple of weeks ago. You have to watch it or listen to it. It's two hours and 45 minutes. It's a long one, but you have to listen to it. And then there's another one. Same thing, Joe Rogan. There's a guy, there's a guy named Robert Malone. Both of these guys are very, very famous epidemiologists, doctors, um, vaccine creators. They are now being shunned and pushed out by the government as conspiracy theorists, non-vaxxers, all that stuff. You need to know the truth about what's going on in your government right now. And the reason isn't political. The reason is spiritual. As the end of our days come, we must beware because the Bible says that even the elect in the last days will be deceived. And I as a pastor will not be deceived, nor anybody who comes to this church is going to be deceived. Robert Malone. A friend of mine just sent me a text. Both have been taken down from YouTube. Both have been removed from YouTube. Both have been removed from Twitter. Both have been banned from LinkedIn. Both of them. Both of these men worked for the government until they would not disobey the Hippocratic Oath. Doctors take what's called the Hippocratic Oath. They will do no harm. 
And these two men refuse to be cowards. You want to know how bad it is? Last, I know I said last thing five times, right? Last thing. My granddaughter had a fever last week for three days. Said, well, let's take her to the doctor finally. Elena said, doctor said they're not taking sick kids at the, at the, at the, at the office. Walk her into an emergency room. A doctor is not taking sick kids? What coward, what society have we become? Next week, we'll deal with that. Next week, yes. Robert Malone, M-A-L-O-N-E, and the other one was Peter McCulloch. BitChute, yes. BitChute, and, and what's that other? Um, no, 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 no. It's um, Spotify. Yeah, no, those, those uh, what do you call it? The, um, Joe Rogan's on Spotify. Those are both Joe Rogan. But there's um, BitChute, and there's another. I'll send it out or I'll remind you next week where it's a, a platform. It's almost what Reddit used to be, where you could just post your thing, and there's guys there that are saying, hey, here's what's going on in the government. Because you have a, a, an organization happening here where big tech, po politics, and entertainment are now united against society itself. So we'll deal with that next week, I promise. Uh, if you have any questions about today's service, I'm here. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for your spirit. We thank you so much for these living stones, the, the people of God, this royal priesthood, this holy generation, those who have tasted and seen that the Lord is gracious. God, we pray for those that are at home right now watching, that you'd remove their fears and their worries and they'd, they'd get their butts back into church as soon as possible. Please, God, please give them that conviction. We love you. We thank you so much that you are God and you don't change and the government will be upon your shoulders and you are wonderful. You are a counselor. You're a mighty God. You're everlasting Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.